Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for joining us for this Thursday edition of the Lombardi Line on VSIN, the sports oh, betting network, alongside former NFL oh, general yeah, manager here. Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bonatoni with you. Hopefully we can get Michael to hear us here in a moment, but uh, we do have a big show on tap in about 30 minutes. VEASAN's own Mike Somich, professional handicapper and VEASAN host. He's going to join us, give us some of his best bets for Thursday night football that's coming up later today, uh, as well as the weekend card in the NFL with week 10 kicking off. And the final half hour of the show, like we do every single Thursday. VP of Operations here at Circa Resort and Casino, where I broadcast from. Mike Palm going to join us in studio. Michael, glad you can hear us. How are we doing today? We are good. We are doing really good. Week 10 kicks off. Man, it's going too fast, Stormy. I must confess, Stormy, I must confess. They ruled me back in. They, they pulled me back in last night. I mean, it's disgraceful. I apologize. But they did it to me again last night. I don't know why I'm back in, but I am. But, the, you know, they are a better team. They look well coached and they played hard. And so I am going to have to go to rehab in January. You'll miss me for a while when I go into 76er rehab, <laughs> but I'm back. Wow. Those are, that is, I didn't expect to start the show with that, Michael. You are officially back. Guys, I can't hear her now. Oh, no. Oh, dang. We're having a little bit of technical difficulties today. Hopefully, Michael will be able to hear us consistently in a moment. But the 76ers, it, for anybody who missed it yesterday, a big 106-103 win over the Boston Celtics. And Michael, he, just, just like he was just talking about, I think I'm out. They bring me back in. So... Um, but let's get back to a little bit of the Thursday night talk while we're waiting for Michael. Um, as producer Elliot said, when I walked into the studio today, we've got a banger on tap tonight. And hopefully that doesn't mean we're banging our heads against the wall with the lack of offensive opportunities in this game. But the Carolina Panthers paying a visit to the Chicago Bears. They're getting three and a half points, total 38 and a half. And this was a game where we saw it reach as high as four points with the thought process that Justin Fields might end up back in the fold from that dislocated thumb injury that he might start. Officially listed as doubtful now, despite Matt Eberflus telling reporters this week that he would not play. And for anybody who missed this exchange, I highly recommend you just go on Twitter, go on Google, find the clip from the press conference where there's a lot of confusion in the room because the reporter's just like, wait, but you you just said that, he, so he's not going to play against the Panthers. And he said, no. You're like, okay, well, then why is he doubtful instead of being listed as out? He says it's 51%. It, it was just a very, very weird exchange. But, Michael, nonetheless, Justin Fields will not be available um, for the game coming up tonight. What are some of yeah. your general thoughts on Thursday night? Well, I mean, let's start with that, that whole thing. I heard you talking through as we were kind of adjusting everything here. The, the reality of it is, is the line moved because Fields was going to play, right? I mean, this is a team where I think you have to get past the 
the whole notion of uh, of the Bears being a horrible team. They've actually played really good defense. They've given up 15 points over the last four or five games. They've been good. That You cannot run the ball. They're the best run defense in the National Football League. Nobody would know that, right? So for the Panthers to win, they're going to have to throw the ball. And then when Fields came back, it made sense that the line was ticking up. And then all of a sudden, he's not back. And I think that question that the reporter asked of Eberflus is fair. Like, if he's out, why wouldn't you just list him? Now, you know, what happens to these you whatever they're called, the thumb injury, UCLs or whatever they are. I'm not a doctor, but the reality of it is, is, you know, he can't hold the ball and he can't really grip it. And when you can't do that, like what happened with Matthew Stafford, it becomes a problem. And it's only going to be 48 degrees in Chicago when the ball gets kicked off tonight. So it's not going to be like the cold's going to affect him. But clearly he can't hold the ball, hold the ball. And if you can't hold the ball and you are prone to turnovers like fields, you, you probably shouldn't play. Correct. And I mean, I think with it being cold, too, that's probably not the ideal conditions for trying to have a better grip on the football. So instead, we're going to get the Tyson Bajan experience yet again. Interesting. In this game, we're going to have the number one overall pick out of the University of Alabama taking on an undrafted rookie from a Division II school in Shepherd University. But that's what we're getting tonight. And yet still, it's probably going to be a battle of who just doesn't throw three interceptions tonight, Michael. Both of these guys coming off three yeah. pick performances. Bryce Young throwing a pair of pick sixes and the Bears probably could have had it not even probably they would have won that game against the Saints had they not turned the ball over five times no question and you know the Panthers could have easily won the game last week I mean the Colts typically move the ball on anybody on the best defense in football the Colts were able to move the football effectively remember when they went up and down the field against the Cleveland Browns in that game but they turned the ball over. In this game, the the Panthers' defense held them to 198 yards. And this Bears' defense, you know, the the Saints have been on a little bit of a tear offensively, right? They've been able to move the ball effectively against two bad, you know, against two bad teams. But still, they were moving the football and scoring points. And the Bears were able to hold them on the ground. So I, I think the under, as we know, typically on primetime games is in play here. But, you know, not having fields, if this is badging can't turn it over and neither can young and for frank wright's offense he's going to have to find ways to make plays in the passing game without having to run the football they're going to run miles sanders today who averages 3.3 a carry and you're going to see foreman running the football on panthers who ran it for the panthers last year yeah, I know there was a lot of hope that maybe Khalil Herbert would be available back today to share the load. But according to NFL Network's Tom Pelissero, he is not expected to go. But yeah, Deontay Foreman, I'm sure he's excited to go against his former team. He's been playing really, really well and an opportunity against a Panthers run defense that has been pretty bad this year. So I think we're going to see that on both sides of the ball here. You mentioned the unders. Primetime unders this season, 21-7, and 10-1 since week six. Um, so over 75% for primetime unders, 61% the last five years in general, the way that these things have gone. And I actually, too, Michael, was looking at the first half under in this game because, like you said, we anticipate some running of the football in this spot. For both of these teams, the pace of play in the first half is anywhere from 25th to 32nd in the NFL. They play a little bit slower to yeah. start, and then you know you anticipate whatever team is down, kind of chasing and trying to and trying to up that pace a little bit in the second half. So the first half total is 19 and a half, and that's what I put a bet in on this morning. And that makes sense, right? Because I, I do think when you shape the game in your head and you look at it, you say, how are the Bears? Uh, how are the Panthers going to move the football effectively? Well, they're going to have to rely on short passes. I mean, the discrepancy between Thielen and his 60 catches and Mingo and his 20, like where are they going to get plays from? And they haven't been able to run the football. I mean, the front of the Bears has stopped the run. They play an eight-man front, so they're able to take that away. And so this game is going to come down to Bryce Young executing against a zone concept defense where he's got to look off the receivers, he's got to be able to look one way, throw the ball the other way, and not turn it over. You know, he's capable of doing that. I just have not liked this Panther offense since Reich's been there. The way this offensive line has played has not been good. And last year it was the strength of their team. Not run pass blocking, but run blocking. I mean, they got Foreman going. They were able to win seven games last year because they ran the football, reduced the game, and played good defense. Not great, but good defense. How much of that do you attribute um, 
to is it is it coaching or is it just the offensive line being bad? Um, it's been an uphill battle regardless. I mean, I think it's a lot of it is look when he when Frank went to when he went to Indianapolis, you know, he changed line coaches, and all of a sudden the, that Colts line went from really bad from good to really bad. I mean, we've seen it happen before, and when you break him down and you look at what he's been able to accomplish, I mean, in the last. Uh, I think, you know, in the last what I want to say, I, I saw this number. He's the last 10 games he's coached, Stormy. He's six and four, you know, straight up on short rest, and he doesn't really handle it. He's two, he's two and six against the spread. But I think more than anything, when you watch him and you watch him coaching in games, like I, this offense that he has a reputation for, here's the number I wanted to give to you. Reich's, you know, the last 10 games, he's one nine and one against the spread. And the other part that I think is rather interesting is the fact that the, the, the betting public, the public is making money this year at a 57% rate. So if you take the Bears and lay the points, and that's the public side, but it looks to me like going into the day, the Panthers are the public side. I mean, everybody seems to be on the Panthers in terms of 71% of the bets and 59% of the tickets. I think something that people aren't taking into account as much, Michael, is something that you said off the very top of this segment that the Chicago Bears defense is a lot better than people have given it credit for yep. lately. And we talked yesterday, your pro tip was to be looking at maybe a four-game sample size versus the full season. And I think the Chicago Bears are a great example of that because they've really gotten healthy on that side of the ball and it's changed things for them. No question. I mean, when you you have to go back. I mean, the Kansas City game, they were a disaster. They were not healthy in that game. So the Commanders game, they were healthy. The Commanders moved the ball, but that game was over. So you have to throw those stats out of there, right? Though Those stats are meaningless in the Commanders game because they were dominating that game. They hold the Vikings to 220 yards. It was ugly, but the Vikings won, but they held them to 220. That was the game Fields gets hurt and Badgett has to come in and turns it over. They play the Raiders. Nothing. Brian. I mean, now they had Brian Hoyer, 235. The Chargers, that was a hard game for them because the Chargers could throw the ball, which is how you have to attack them. They gave up 352, but they only gave up 54 yards on the ground. And then last week against the Saints, they only gave up 87 yards on the ground and 217 overall for 300 yards. I mean, they've actually played better. They just they get behind in games, and it's hard. I mean, the opponents in those games that I've mentioned, the, the Commanders scored 20. The Vikings scored 19, the Raiders scored 12, the Saints scored 24, and the Chargers scored 30. So they've played really good, and I think it's 15.5 points in those last games. We'll revisit this game a few times throughout the course of the next two hours. If you like the Bears, there are some threes out there that you can lay. If you like Carolina, obviously you're going to want the hook to take the three and a half. Total 38 and a half, and it has been one-way traffic to the under. We're going to step aside. When we come back, there are a lot of headlines out there, including one about one of the greatest NFL coaches of all time, reportedly on the hot seat, could be coaching for his job this Sunday. Is it news or noise? We'll address that and more when we come back on the Lombardi line. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. game. <laughs> this is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find at Total Wine and More. Please drink responsibly. Be 21. Is it news? Corleone is a man who insists on hearing bad news immediately. Or just noise. Are you going to act like this is news? Just noise. Let's separate the impactful from the insignificant with one simple question. News or noise? All right, let's do it. Jumping right in here, Michael. Speculative reports from the Boston Globe and writer Ben Volin this week say Patriots head coach Bill Belichick could be coaching for his job, particularly this week in Germany, if they come back with a 2-8 and eight record and lose to the Colts. Belichick was asked as much multiple times by reporters this week if he believes that's the case or if he was given any assurances from owner Robert Kraft that he wouldn't be replaced during the season. His response, as Belichick as ever. Take a listen. Yeah, my focus is on get ready for the Colts. Do you personally believe that you could be coaching for your job this week against the Colts? I'm going to control it. I can control it and get ready for the Colts. And, yep, that is very, very Belichickian answer. So news or noise, Michael, Belichick coaching for his job in Germany this week. Well, they've made it news. There's no question about it. I mean, for a man who's won six Super Bowls, you know, he's under a hotter seat than Ron Rivera is. And Matt Eberflus, we didn't even, we just did a whole segment on the Bears. We never brought up Eberflus being on the hot seat or Ryan Poles, but yet we're going to talk about a guy who's won six Super Bowls. I, I think it is news. Now, I think no one's directly contacted Robert Kraft, who's the only man who really knows whether this is news or noise. And the fact is, is will Kraft make a decision during the season? I mean, my question is, and I said this on the podcast, Kraft really has one fundamental question to ask, is does he still believe in Bill? And if he doesn't, does it matter when he makes the change? Or if he does, he needs to come out and say that. I mean, and so that'll be the bye week. And there's a lot of things that typically get cleared up in the bye, usually you go and spend time with everybody in the organization on the bye week because you have more time. The players aren't around. You're not getting ready for the next opponent. So we shall see. I think you have to consider this news because it just won't go away. The story doesn't go. And I've been around the league long enough to know that these are th- com- this is coming from somewhere. Someone's right. wanting to control this narrative. Right, and there was also that video that kind of made the rounds this week of Kraft talking to his son Jonathan, and you overhear him say, we're just not good enough right now. And obviously, the numbers indicate as much to the negative 93 points differential, second worst in the NFL right now, averaging 15 points per game, turnover differential, fourth worst in the league. They can't run the football, penalties their bottom eight as well. So a lot of things have added up, but for one of the greatest coaches and certainly the greatest of my lifetime to be fired mid-season, that boiling point must be much higher than anyone really, really recognizes for something like that to happen and for this to be a week where he's, quote, coaching for his job. Well, unless unless Mr. Kraft wants to try to give somebody an opportunity to see. You remember, he redid Mayo's contract right. last offseason and kept him and so he could easily say, okay, look, why wait to the end of the year and part ways? Let me give Mayo a tryout and see what he can do for the team. 
you know, I think what he has to do is a little bit what Mark Davis did. You have to look at your team and say, are they really, are they giving it everything they have? And the answer Mark Davis came up with was a resounding no. And so he wanted to make that decision before the Bears. I mean, they were going back to Chicago at 3-3, three and three and they wanted to make the move then. And they waited till after the Bear game, until the Detroit game. After the Bear game, they wanted to make the move. And so I think some of the players convinced him not to, to wait for the Lions game. Now, I don't think Kraft's talking to that many players, but if he decides it's better off to just give Mayo an opportunity – I don't know if you could if you could argue that you know why why does he have to wait to the end of the year to do that? And the New England Patriots are an underdog in this game, getting two points against the Colts coming up in Germany. So we'll see what happens during the bye week and if Gerard Mayo ends up being the interim guy for the final seven games of the season. Pretty crazy to think about. Uh, let's keep it going with different headlines around the NFL, Michael. After missing the required number of games with a hamstring injury, Viking star wide receiver Justin Jefferson has officially been designated to return. But while many hoped Jefferson would be ready to go this week, Kevin O'Connell says it's, quote, a little aggressive to expect the wide receiver to to play against the Saints. He's taken it day by day from here on out. News or noise, should Vikings fans be worried Jefferson still needs more time? Well, I mean, I think he probably does. You know, he does need more time. But I think if you're a Viking fan, what the news really is is how well your defense has played over the last six weeks. I mean, when you take into account their first win in Carolina, how well they played defensively, to each of the last game against the Falcons, how well they played. They've won five of six. The only loss came against the Chiefs. And really, there's only been two teams that have scored points on them. The Chiefs scored 27. Atlanta scored 28. They've played really good for a lot of players that you don't even know who's on their team. They've done a great job. They've been able to, to kind of keep themselves in the game. And one of the things that they have to be really careful of moving forward is they're fumbling, right? Minnesota has fumbled 17 times already this year. They've lost 12. And their starting quarterback, Joshua Dobbs, is a fumbler. He's fumbled 11 times all season with the Cardinals, and he fumbled three times in his debut. So they, they if they're going to go back to where they started the season, losing to Tampa, losing to Philly, losing to the Chargers, because they fumbled, they got to protect themselves with Dobbs. Yeah, got to hold on to the football. Getting three points this week against the New Orleans Saints. Now, the San Francisco 49ers, Michael, obviously trying to work themselves out of what's been a funk. They want to get back to the team that started the season 5-0, and and the offense can't take all of the blame. We've talked about that a lot on this show. San Francisco's defense the first five weeks, first in the NFL in points allowed per game, third in yards allowed, fifth in defensive expected points added, and sixth in takeaways. Over the last three prior to the bye, dropped to 24th, 30th, 31st and tied for 13th in those categories respectively now they've elected to move defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes from the booth down to the sideline news or noise will Wilkes on the sideline make a difference I think it will I think that's news and I don't think it's news I think he needs to get his fingers into the pie it's tough to be able to get spark and and get the players to play at a higher level than when you're up in the box, right? You know, it's easier to see the game from up there, but it's more to be able to motivate the team from down there. And look, they've given up a ton of yards in the last two weeks. I mean, whether it's Minnesota or Cincinnati, even Cleveland with P.J. Wright, I mean, at quarterback. I mean, it wasn't very good either. They they got 174 yards, 160 yards running on them. I mean, teams have run the football on them. I fully expect the Niners to be back and play better defensive. I think they'll go back to their original scheme. I think they'll try to play less man coverage. I think they'll play more zone. I think they'll be back to where they were with D'Amico Ryans and not try to get involved in a man game and rely on their four-man pressure to get there. And I think that's one of the things they have going for them. Remember this, Trevor Lawrence, they're playing in Jacksonville this week. Lawrence is a better road quarterback than at home. He's a better road quarterback than at home. I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. And if he has a hard time, if you put pressure on him, and this is what the Niners have to do.
And for the 49ers, I think that their buy came at a perfect time working for them to get healthy. Meanwhile, the Jags, they're on this five-game win and cover streak. You kind of want to keep that train moving. So maybe the buy coming at a bad time for a team like Jacksonville as well. Um, okay, Kyler Murray expected to start for the Arizona Cardinals this week against the Falcons. And over his career, Murray's legs have been pretty much just as important as his arm has been to this point. Coming off of the ACL injury, offensive coordinator Drew Petzing was asked if there was a limit going to be placed on utilizing Murray in the run game. Here's Petzing's response. Um, I wouldn't. I would ultimately no. I mean, he's healthy. He's ready to go. We're going to put him in a position to be successful. I think that's always the nature when you have a franchise quarterback and you see that around the league when they are very mobile. There's an injury risk that's associated with that. So we have to manage that as all teams with the elite quarterbacks do. Um, but he's going to do what puts us in the best position to win the game. News or noise? They expect Murray to run like he normally does. I think that's that that's news, but I don't expect him to run like he typically always does. I mean, last year, you know, he had 67 rushing attempts. The year before, in 14 games, he had 88. So he's had 381 rushing attempts in his career over four years. The only year that he ran the ball quite a bit was in thir- was in 20 when he had 133 rushing attempts for almost a thousand. He had 819 yards that year. So I I think to me. You know, and he averaged 6.2 yards a carry. I I don't see that happening. I don't see that. I think you're going to see him cut back down. I think, uh, you know, typically what you'll see is six rushes, five rushes, none of them designed, all of them on the ad-lib nature. And I think that's the way he's got to approach it. You've got to do a good job of rushing the pocket on this player, right? I mean, let's be honest here. You know, last year he missed six games. The year before that, he missed three games. So the last two years, he's missed some games because of injuries. And they've got to do a better job of protecting him. And he's got to protect himself like Lamar does. Lamar doesn't take many hits. I mean, the guy that you really want to watch that avoids hits like crazy is Tyreek Hill. Never takes a direct hit. We've got to take a quick break here. Arizona getting two against the Falcons this weekend. And you do, you have to imagine a little bit of rust we're going to see from Kyler Murray here in his first outing just in general. Mm-hmm. When we come back, Mike Somich, VSIN host, professional handicapper, he's going to join the show, give his thoughts on Thursday night football and best bets for week 10 in the NFL. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back here on the Lombardi Line, VSIN and DraftKings Network. Remember, everybody, on DraftKings Sportsbook this week, new customers can bet $5 in pocket, 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no sweat same game parlay any day. Download the app and use the promo code VEGAS. That's V-E-G-A-S when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Do you disagree with these takes? No way. Uh-uh, no way. Or do you approve? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt, my mind. No diggity, no doubt. It's time to ask Michael Lombardi, no way or no doubt. All right, Michael, we got some piping hot bets to discuss here, and we're going to start with the Buffalo Bills who have dropped three of their last five games. They have not looked like the contender that we thought that they were going to. No way or no doubt, Michael, the injuries to this defense will be too much to overcome, and they will miss the playoffs this season. What do you think? Uh, No way. I mean, they got Josh Allen still, and he's a good can cover up a lot of their problems. And they've got a lot of veteran guys on their team. The locker room's fairly strong. Uh, I don't anticipate there being a meltdown. I mean, today Bernard was in a red jersey because he's hurt. So they have a lot of injuries defensively. But we've seen worse defenses make it, especially if the offense comes around. Now, the concern is where I would go, no doubt they won't make it, is this shoulder injury. He's Hmm. not thrown the ball very well down the field. Hasn't had made plays over 20 yards. It's been a problem for him. So for me, you know, I'm saying this assuming he's going to get healthy. But right now, he doesn't look healthy. The shoulder, Michael, and I would say also combine that with the upcoming schedule ain't a walk in the park either. So even money right now to miss the playoffs, minus 120 to make. So they are still favored to be a postseason team in the AFC. But Denver, okay. Jets, okay. But then at Philly, at Kansas City, they've got the Cowboys in L.A. against the Chargers, who who knows really what we're going to get there, New England, and then at Miami, so it's like I said, it's it's a mixed bag, but not a walk in the park by any means. No, not a walk in the park by any means. I mean, but you know, look, the, you, you got to beat somebody to get in. But you're right; 
it's going to be hard for him to carry. And if they start losing anybody else, you know, this offensive line isn't good either, Stormy. So if they start losing other players, it's a real issue too. All right, let's go to Minnesota. The Vikings started out this season one and four, have since flipped the script. They've won four of their last five, including, um, excuse me, five of their last six, including four straight. And even with Kirk Cousins out with the Achilles injury, Josh Josh Dobbs steps in only five days with the team, hasn't taken a single rep, goes out there and leads a game-winning drive for them to win yet again. Justin Jefferson's going to be back at some point with this team as well. No way or no doubt the Vikings will turn this thing around and make the playoffs this season. I say no way because Mm. they have no running game. Josh Dobbs is prone to fumble the football. And if you remember when he was in Arizona, when they lost James Conner, they couldn't run the ball. He struggled. Now, he's had 11 fumbles himself this year, three last week for the Vikings. The Vikings as a football team have fumbled the ball 17 times already this year. They've lost 12. I don't know where they're going to get the offense from. I really don't. And I know Dobbs, it's a nice story. I don't like the I, I would typically want to take the Saints this week. I don't know how you can because I don't trust the Saints on the road. Plus the Saints have played one of the easiest schedule in the NFL. So that might that might be another win, but I just don't see them as a playoff team, Stormy. Okay, so not biting on the plus one twenty five to make the playoffs. They're minus one sixty five to miss. All I know is your girl needs them to get over the eight and a half win threshold because I put it in the guide and I need the lucky rabbit's foot to continue at least a little bit longer for Minnesota. Uh, the AFC North, Michael, we've talked about it. Best division in football so far this year, the way that these teams are delivering. If the playoffs started today, all four AFC North teams would qualify for a postseason spot. Last year, we saw in the NFC East, they were the first division since 1997 to have three teams make the divisional round. No way or no doubt, it'll happen again. Three or more AFC North teams will make the playoffs. No doubt three or more. I think all four would be a no way for me. I don't see if the Browns are going to need to play better offensively. They lost their starting left tackle and their starting right tackle. The one position we see with the 49ers losing Trent Williams. You lose your left tackle. There's nobody else to go to. It's hard. I mean, it's really a challenge. And there's not a lot of, I'll go play left tackle in a pinch for you and play well in the National Football League. They just don't grow them on trees. So that's an issue. And I so I don't think the Browns, as good as they are on defense, with all the injuries on offense, I don't know if they can do that. You know, I do think Cincy, the way they're playing the last four weeks, is really good. Pittsburgh, I mean, they, it's so ugly that how do you count them out? They find ways to win. <laughs> and then, of course, I think the best team is Baltimore, the way they're playing, as they're complete. They can beat you running, throwing, and their defense is playing really well. I think it's interesting that the team that you went harder on about potentially not being a playoff team was the Browns over the Steelers, who my favorite stat of the season outgained every single game this season, yet won five of the eight. It's remarkable. Yeah. Um, okay, we are remarkable, one. Right? And, and, and they play in a team this week that, you know, that they'll do the same thing. Yep. I mean, look, one thing we know about Jordan Love, right? You know, whenever he gets pressure, he has trouble. And the Steelers have the ability to pressure the quarterback all the time. And when they do that, they're really good. Between you and Mike Somich, we are slowly but surely just forcing my hand that I'm going to have to lay three points and bet the Steelers this week against Green Bay. I wouldn't do it. I think it's a trap. I think it's a little (sighs) bit of a trap. I I was that way this morning when I was writing my notes for today, and I think it's a little bit of a trap. I think it's one of those they want you to take. Why isn't it moving to three and a half? There's no money coming in on Green Bay. Why is it moving to three and a half? Like, I don't know. It seems, whenever I've learned this in five years, when it seems too easy, it's never easy. All right. I want to bet it, though, now. We've got some decision-making to be had here in the short term. Okay, one offseason now removed from the New York Giants signing Daniel Jones. Four years, $160 million (laughs) on that deal. You already know the buyer's remorse is just... It's very, very real. Now, no, they don't. No, no, they don't have buyers remorse. They're happy. I'm just telling you, this is a misread by people. We all think they do. They don't. They don't. I don't think there's a person in that building that has buyers remorse. So I'm going to follow that up then with our no way or no doubt. I was saying I feel like they do have buyers remorse. Their quarterbacks just tore his ACL. Going to be a while till he gets back. No way or no doubt. 
The Giants need to select a quarterback with their first-round pick in 2024. There's no doubt they do. There's no way they will. Ah, what an answer. There's no doubt they do. There's no way they will. They see this. They got $36 million guaranteed in them. They'll sit there and say, we'll bring him back. We'll add another player, put him on the team. Things will go perfect. We already got him signed to a contract. Why would we give up on him? Unless, the, look, one thing we know for sure, we knew John Mara loves him. We knew every Mara mem family member in the organization loved him. So we, what we didn't know was, and the reason they didn't pick up his fifth-year option was, could they convince Joe, Shine, Joe Shane and Brian Dayball to love him? And they did. And they did. They fell in love. So now they got Love Boat over there. They got everybody in love with them. Michael, my... uh, Why do you think they're going to change now? My brother and I were texting earlier this week, and he hit me with the... Daniel Jones got paid $20 per touchdown this year. Good on him. Two touchdowns, six picks for Daniel Jones. Go back and look at how many views that video got where I said they had the disease of me, and I got ripped and yelled at it. Everybody's happy in New York, Uh. except nobody's happy, right? Daniel Jones got his money. Barkley didn't get his, but he got some. Everybody else got paid. But now, you know, now they now they don't have anybody. Nobody's happy. Giants 2-7. and seven. They currently sit in the fourth position for next year's NFL draft. And as far as we know for now, the Tommy DeVito show, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, not often when we think it's about the Kansas... box. Yeah, not often when we think about the Kansas City Chiefs, Michael, are we thinking, at least historically, about their defense being the better unit. This year, it's different. Travis Kelsey telling reporters after the Dolphins win... I can probably tell you halfway through the season, this is the best defense I've ever played with. Patrick Mahomes says they might be the best defense in the league. What do you think? No way or no doubt, the Kansas City defense is the best it has been during the Chiefs' early dynasty. No doubt it is by far. Now, here's what I would say. The Miami Dolphins could potentially be like the Chiefs. They could. They could get that defense to the level that the Chiefs defense is with Ramsey back in their front seven. They could get there and with their head with their Vic Fangio. They might have to change what they do offensively. But I do believe that Miami, the way they play defense against Kansas City and the way they can play defense, I think Miami could duplicate exactly what Kansas City's model is. People think we're offensively a great team, but really we're set by the defense. Mm, very, very interesting. Another Stellar edition of No Way or No Doubt on a Thursday. Fun stuff as always. Unfortunately, though, that one bet on Minnesota I wanted to make. Our boy Michael says, no, Stormy, step aside. Same thing with the Steelers. I just can't win today. We're going to no, take... Actually, you know what, though? I, you should because I just looked at the standings. Like, what? Tell me what team's going to be the seventh seed. Who's going to be it? Uphill sledding. Like, Their schedule no, is favorable. Atlanta, no, Tampa. No, there's nobody. Who are you taking in there? I mean, it's a fight to get the first pick. I'll take that back. No doubt they'll make it. Yes. There we go. We got Mike Palm coming up next. Should we take this team, even though we thought we were saving them for Christmas, in Survivor? Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or shoot that, shoot that. And even checkouts not until four. So because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my game. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com. You can check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way vsin's here to make you a more informed better year-round. You can check out the betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bonantoni, and Mike Palm with you as we wrap things up on this Thursday edition of the Lombardi Line. It is time for Palm's Pressing Three. Three big picture questions for Michael Lombardi. Okay, Michael, let's start off with Josh Dobbs. Does Josh Dobbs, having been acquired just five days earlier from the Cardinals at the trade deadline and having not taken a practice snap with the Vikings, winning an NFL game on the road against a possible playoff team, Highlight the power of simplicity in a playbook and game design. Uh, 1,000%. And it also highlights coachability, a kid that's going to come in. And it also highlights mental toughness. Because if you watch the beginning of the game, he looked like it was going to be a disaster. And you were going to say, what is he doing? He turned the ball over, got sacked for safety. Then he comes back out and he gets a fumble right into the defensive lineman's hands. And I think any other player would have folded their tent and gone home. And this kid, with the mental toughness that he had and the physical toughness that he had, he was able to overcome that. And then when you think and you look at the box score, Akers couldn't really run the ball 3-1 a carry. Neither could Madison. This kid carries it, I think, seven times for 66 yards, fourth and seven. He breaks three tackles, jumps a building, and he gets the first down and he wins the game. I mean, like, seriously, this was impressive. But it's all those things that come together. His mental toughness, his physical toughness, the simplicity of what they were trying to do. You know, there's nothing wrong with repeating plays. How about that for a novel idea? Make them stop it. Don't you stop it. Like, repeat the plays. You know, it's one of the great things about the Joe Gibbs. Joe Gibbs used to say it all the time. We're just going to run the same plays from different formations. It's class, and it works. It works. And I think it proved it on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons, who were celebrating and, and, and figuring that they could stop this kid from going 75 yards with no real understanding of the offense, and he did it anyway. That's when the aerospace engineering degree comes in. The pastronaut, as NASA has coined him, which I love. Meanwhile, Kirk Cousins had first and goal at the eight with the running clock and couldn't get a, couldn't hear in his earpiece, so he didn't know what to do. I mean, 11-year guy in right. the NFL, right? So, I mean, same team. <laughs> All right, qu- question two, uh, Michael. I'm sure you've discussed this this week, but Michael K. asked your guy, Robert Sala, why not give Trevor Simeon a shot and try to spark this stagnant offense? And he said, I plead the fifth. Of course, he's now backtracked saying he's in complete alignment with upper management about keeping uh, your boy in the starting role. What do you infer, though, My from boy. his initial his initial comments of I plead the fifth? You know, Mike, I've been reading a lot about the Watergate and mm. Woodward and Bernstein and their research into the whole all the president's men with Robert Redford, how he developed the script and all that. And one of the things that comes across very clearly in their research is this. Not deny, non-denial denial. 
okay, and where they would call the, the people up that were involved in Watergate and they would not deny it, but they denied it. And that's what he did. It's a non-denial denial. And so he denied that he's going to make a change, but he didn't really deny it. He wants to make a change. So basically what he did was he put it all on Joe Douglas. And so if I were Joe Douglas, I would have walked down to his office and said, like, this isn't your first press conference. Like, you're smart enough, or you should be, that you should be able to skirt it and say a lot of watery things, but not answer the question. But when you plead the fifth, you now become a mafia boss. You now become Jimmy Hoffa in front of the Senate subcommittee hearings. You now become somebody who doesn't want to answer the question. And that makes you guilty. That says to everybody in this building, you don't want to play the quarterback. And now you got to go stand in front of your team and tell them. you got to go tell them. They don't believe you now. You can't plead the fifth with them. It's the absence of leadership. I, I'm so tired of listening to me. T- people tell me, oh, Salah, he's doing a good job, blah, blah, blah. No, he's not. He wants everybody to feel sorry for themselves. He's trying to get you to feel sorry. Oh, I'm, woe is me. We've got this really good defense. How many times is he going to walk back what he says? He walked back that we dominated quarterbacks, and now he's walked back this. Like, you said it. Stand with it. Stand with it. I think it's horrible, and i got to be honest with you. If I'm Woody Johnson, the owner of the team, is this what I want moving forward? Michael, and you referenced it a little bit there. I don't understand how he sounded so stunned by the question. Like, you don't anticipate that question coming. You don't know how to answer that question, especially with all of the PR folks in the world that are working for an NFL team to make sure you know every question that's coming at you. That's the most obvious one based on your offensive performance at this time. And you're stunned and you're pleading the fifth. That's what caught me off guard. Mike, um, so much has been made of this Jets team being a playoff team and Aaron Rodgers at the end of the season. If they lose to the Raiders this week, can we just end that narrative altogether? I think finally, so. yeah. Okay, I, I, I think so. But that's I what I need. I, I need to get it off my timeline. I don't, I don't think they're gonna they're gonna lose to the Raiders. So I could be I could be wrong. All right, question three, Michael. Normally, I am not fascinated by the first coach fired market, but I am right now. Uh, one is, can you find me a price on Arthur Smith, Mitch and Mitch and Paul? I mean, why well, is the first Ar- coach already fired? You mean next? Coach? Yeah, the next okay. coach fired. Why isn't Arthur Smith? The next, I, I mean, they said he wasn't even in the top five in the market, which I found stunning. I mean, they've drafted two guys in the top ten they don't use. But anyhow, Michael, I want to go because of Belichick, <laughs> right? And the situation with Bill Belichick, and, and I know you're a student of history, and I was thinking about the mid to late 80s in Dallas as Tom Landry and the Cowboys declined, and I was trying to draw the parallel. And the point I thought of was, as Bill is also the GM, he doesn't have a GM like Tech Schramm, to shield him from a bum bright. He doesn't have somebody running interference to try to turn it around, somebody who's loyal to him. So he's a little bit exposed in that way. Does that make Bill eligible to get fired in season? Do you think Bob Kraft, after six Super Bowls, would do it in season if he was going to make a move? You know, I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, there's a lot of people that are reporting this that they must be getting it from somewhere, that it must be some kind of conversation, and it would be easy to stop. I mean, you know, Kraft's a public. He could come out and say, look, you know, we're going to talk about it after the season. We're going to sit down, and Bill and I, we're going to talk about it. But there's all these leaks that are coming out, you know, and I think it's kind of funny and humorous that here's a guy that's won six Super Bowls, right? He's won six Super Bowls, and you know, and and Arthur Smith is 11, 19, and one against the spread, and he's not very good as a head coach. I think he's four and 12. You know, uh, he's ranks 134th out of 142 over the last 20, 120 years as a head coach against the spread, and we never talk about that. And he just lost to a kid who just got picked up off the street and didn't even know the plays, and yet he's not on a hot seat. But the guy who won six Super Bowls is. It's all about the PR, and somebody's driving this PR train, so I don't know what to make of it, but here's what I would say. If you're Robert Kraft, you have to ask, ask yourself one question. Do I want Bill Belichick to help repair the problems that are here, or do I think I could find somebody better? Or more importantly, do I want to run the team? Because right now he's running the team. Do I want to run it? Does my son Jonathan want to run it? And if that's the case, they have every right to do whatever they want to do. They own it. But for me... I don't know where you're going to get a better coach. Now, could they get better assistance? Probably. Could they do a better job in personnel? Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. But where are you going to get a better coach? I don't think you will. 
I think the problems are there. If you're defending Mac Jones, you're probably asking the wrong questions as it relates to Bill Belichick. Fascinating. You know, Tex Schramm, maybe one of the most influential guys in all of football and, and making the game what it is today and the innovations and, and his role on, on the competition committee. You know, he was the GM of the Rams. No, no doubt. The and Rams. Mike, let me tell you one quick story yeah, about oh, sure. Tex Schramm. Tex Schramm sitting in a car with, with, with Lamar Hunt negotiating the merger between the AFL and the, C- and, and the a- AFL and the NFL. He got that deal done. Meanwhile, Al Davis was back on Park Avenue signing all the players because he was preparing for war. That's why the Chiefs-Raider rivalry was so intense. Ram, before the Cowboys, was GM of the Rams, and he hired a young fellow to be their PR director. You might have heard of him, Pete Rozelle. Yep. <laughs> How about that? The, the history is so fascinating. Huh? <laughs> no better historians than we have on this show anyways, <laughs> right? <laughs> Well, um, Tex Ram was really uh, he was amazing. And I think that's the problem. Nobody's defending the coaches, you know, and, and that we have a social media platform that's just running rampant. Typically, if, if you want your coach, all you gotta do is sit there and say it. Hey, look, we're going to evaluate this at the end of the year, but he's the guy I want to go with. I mean, Mark Davis never defended Josh McDaniels from the very first time he went, went to work there. You could say he was unhappy the whole time. Great stuff as always. Michael, appreciate you hanging in. I know we had some technical difficulties earlier. We got through it. Mike Palm, Mike Somich, thank yous all around. We are going to take a break. That's it for the Lombardi line. Pablo Torre coming up next on DraftKings Network and the Sharp Money crew here on VEASAN. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 